Now, in my experience, growth usually comes from a source of pain or discomfort, which pushes you to try something new or interrupt an old behavior simply because you come to realize that the pain of remaining the same, of remaining who you are and where you are, is far greater than the discomfort it's going to take for you to change and try something new. My intention for this show is to inspire growth within you. So if you want to familiarize yourself with the journey many have taken to drastically change their lives, this is the place to be. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Grow With Muin podcast. I am your host, Muin Zafar, and today I have with me John Laredo. Now, John has been leading organizations in the financial industry for more than 20 years. One great example of his leadership is when he... um, led the Boston agency of Penn Mutual from last in the national rankings to winning the President's Award twice and the Excellence Award three times. John is a speaker on the world stage. He speaks on leadership, and he's also the host of the Tomorrow's Leader podcast. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Moin. Pleasure to be here. Of course, John. So let's get right into it. You've been uh, in this industry for 20 years. How did you get into it? If you were a superhero, what would be your origin story for getting into here? <laughs> um, you know, I, I got into it. I started my career as a financial advisor. So I just I started in the role of what I eventually ended up um leading people in. So I started as a financial advisor and loved it. I was passionate about it. But somewhere along that road, I got a taste of leadership and just was bitten by the bug. I just loved it and have always been intrigued by it. And even as a kid, was always amazed by certain people that had a lot of influence and impact and uh, could could ultimately lead companies or organizations or, uh, or uh, uh, sports teams or countries even into great uh, places. And uh, so I got my first opportunity in, in first real opportunity in the late 1990s and uh, never turned back, just kept going with it. Oh, nice, man. So, so organizations as a whole... So what do you think, or what have you experienced, like what are the major problems with organizations? Because organizations, I think, they're run by people, so the problem lies with people. So what do you see that's a most common issue, and how do you go about, like, uh, fixing that? Well, there's, that's a big question. There's a lot to it. Um, I, I think a lot of, one of the more common problems I see leaders face is they are trying to be somebody that they're not. And I see that um, show up in a lot of different ways. And I, I got caught in when I was early in leadership. I had I felt like I had to act a certain way, do certain things. I had to pretend like I was somebody else. Otherwise, I wouldn't be an effective leader. And what I found is that it would have the opposite inverse effect. The more I was into this kind of false persona, um, the lower my results were when I finally came, figured out kind of who I was, not to be you know, too philosophical, but when you really tap into who you are and understand who you are at the core and what your values are and let your personality come out, the more I found I had greater impact and greater influence and our results went up. So I see that all the time. I see leaders kind of feeling like they've got to, got to uh, have this really very uh, uh, specific exterior that uh, isn't really them. And people pick up on that and it leads to lack of trust. 
So I see that as one of the biggest uh, uh, challenges and obstacles. And then with that is is communication. I think there's a lot of leaders that are very, uh, they're brilliant. Um, they're great strategists. They're great visionaries, but they really lack communication skills because I could have a great vision, but I don't, if I don't know how to articulate it in a way that motivates other people and influences them to want to become part of my journey, then it's really hard for me to get people behind me. So I think communication is probably the second piece of that. Mm. So if you talk about like today's era or today's time, there's a lot of people who are stepping into entrepreneurship now. And so what would uh, be like the best advice you can give someone who's sort of starting a company? So they're in this leadership role. Maybe they don't have employees. Maybe it's just them. How do they lead when it's, when they're just starting off? Like, what do you, what would you tell them? Uh, I would tell them a few things. One is um, you have to understand and be really clear on what problem you are trying to solve. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that don't really know how to answer that mm-hmm. uh, or what kind of need you're trying to fill. What, what, are, what are you actually doing and how do you do it? So I think that's the first thing. Uh, secondly is you have to go into it and understand it is going to be tough. I mean, there's no challenge. There's no question about it. You're going to hit challenging times. It doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter how much demand there is for what you do. The challenges are going to be there. They may look a little different and at different phases be bigger or smaller, but you're always going to have them. And to not get thrown off and discouraged by the fact that you may, you know, everybody loves the thought of starting a new business. It's you're, you're now what we call an enthusiastic beginner. Right. And then when you get into it a little bit, you realize, wow, this is really tough. And in some cases it's lonely and it's, it's uh, heart wrenching some days. Um, but you're now at what we call the disillusioned learner phase. But if you keep going, you're going to turn that thing around and you're going to push through those challenging times. And ultimately, if you have a great service or product um, and ultimately you have great people, because that's the other piece of it, then you are ultimately going to and you can solve a need and provide solve a problem you're going to and can be successful. You just have to realize that. Uh, people are incredibly important. As you are, you know, you're, you're learning to lead yourself. That's the most important thing. And then as you build your organization, attracting the right people to your organization. I see people, uh, entrepreneurs that get caught with uh, sticking with somebody, whether it's a partner or it's an assistant or a staff person or it's a marketing person or whatever that ultimately is not the caliber that they're looking for and want, but they stay with them because it's just easy to stay with somebody. And uh, that holds an organization back. That holds that entrepreneur back from big growth. Mm. So it looks like the an important part of, of leadership is working on yourself. And I wanted to ask the question because you had a quote on your Instagram and it said that you can either be the go-to person for everything or you can be the leader. And so I thought about, you know, uh, it's sort of a trend or, or a culture right now where people are posting things, uh, what they read about, you know, some CEO reads 50 or 100 books a year. And so a lot of people want to get into reading and learning. But from learning, you can, you can become the go-to person for everything. But how do you dis- distinguish from the, the learner from the reader? Like, what's the difference there? 
Well, I, I think that I think you have to realize, and what I meant by that quote, uh, that, that you know, learning is a never-ending process. You never stop learning. Um, it's just it's a journey that you're on to learn more and more, and you learn in many, many different ways. Reading is one of them. Um, but I see leaders that oftentimes position themselves, either intentionally or unintentionally, sometimes it's unintentional, as the go-to person for everything. There are some people that want that. They truly crave that. They want the control, um, whether it's, hey, marketing or it's a new business process or it's manufacturing or design or whatever. They want to be have their hands in everything in a big way. And then there are others that just unintentionally, they do that. And what happens, it slows the organization down. It doesn't allow that leader to do what he or she needs to be doing. And that's leading the organization. It's kind of like, could you imagine if the pilot of a plane uh, was also the crew member and the flight attendants and uh, was also, uh, you know, uh, doing everything, prepping before the flight, you know, getting all the food ready and everything like that that would be pretty scary. They couldn't do that. They couldn't fly the plane. They're the leader. They're the captain of the the ship, so to speak. So I see leaders get caught up in that um, in, in many, many ways, uh, in many situations. And then you can't grow. They can't. You're tethered to those responsibilities that you've now positioned yourself to absorb. So delegate is what you're saying so that you're you're making time, giving time for yourself to make those executive decisions? Well, yes, but I'll add another D to that. It's delegate and develop. So mm-hmm. I see a lot of people, it's not just as easy as just saying, okay, go do this. And then let me turn my attention to something else. You have to put it in the right person's hand. You have to work with them. You've got to develop them so that they ultimately can do it at a high level. But yes, you have to get things off your plate in order to lead effectively and grow your organization. And so, um, so when your organizations have people, you make sure that you're, you're growing. And so how do you make sure the people in your organization are also growing and are happy to be there too? Well, I, I think that's part of it is you're setting the example. I think mm-hmm. if you, and you grow in a number of different ways, you should be investing in yourself. I invest in my own development. Um, I'm responsible for my own development. We each are, we're each responsible for our own development. Now, I learn from other people. I learn from like you do doing podcasts. I have guests on my podcast. I learn from them all the time. I hire a coach. I pay a coach that's been coaching me for many years, even though I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody needs one. And even uh, Fortune 50 CEOs, they all have one. They have an advisor that's that's there to bounce ideas off of. And that's what you need. That's part of your development. Reading, like you said, and also learning from your own as well as other people's experiences. I'm a, I'm a keen observer of what is going on around me. So when I've been in companies, I've been a, a new person at a company and I've had leaders, good or bad, I've learned from them. I've learned from what other people do. I've learned from my own actions, thinking back, okay, what did I do right? What did I, I just had this conversation with somebody this morning. Hey, how would you change that? If you went back, what would you do differently? What would have changed a different outcome? Uh, how could we have made that better? Um, I'm constantly doing that and that's how you invest in your own development as well. So the aspect of uh, getting support here, like you said, you have a coach yourself and you coach people, but you're working on your own personal development. Mm -hmm. And so there's a culture that also exists where people want to do everything on their own without getting support. How have you seen that like pan out in organizations and how toxic can that be for a company? 
I, I think it can be very toxic. I do see that. There's a certain type of person, and I was like this for a period of time, where just you want to figure it out on your own. Mm. Uh, I kind of justified it by saying, hey, you know, that's how I learn best is I just work on my own. But what you do is you cost yourself a lot of time. You cost your company a lot of money. You cost time for other people. Because if I'm not the best version of myself, then I'm not able to do an impact as much as I can, which means someone else pays a price for that. Either someone else is going to come in and pick up the stuff that I wasn't able to do, um, or they've got to do over what I did wrong. Or in some cases, they're not going to be the best version of them because I'm not able to impact them the best way, if that makes sense. So I think when we live in a silo and we choose to, because that's a decision I make. So if I make a decision that, hey, I'm going to just go about life and figure it out on my own and, and learn from my own lessons of right and wrong and success and failure, um, then I'm not, I'm not fast-tracking myself enough, mm-hmm. which again, I have to, there's a selfish part of that, but there's the unselfish part of, hey, I'm... I'm not helping as many people as I can and impacting the people around me if I'm not developing faster. So that's the way I think people need to look at it. Yeah. So I guess uh, what you're saying is that it's, you can do things on your own, but if you get support, it's more efficient. And like you said, you can fast track your own development or, or your own companies, right? Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I, I was working with somebody uh, a little bit ago where they had been, um, sometimes you are consciously incompetent. You know that you're bad at something or doing something wrong. And in which case, okay, then I make a decision to keep doing it wrong or I figure out how to fix it. But there's a lot of times we're unconsciously incompetent. I was working with somebody who was, had been doing something on, uh, social media for a long time that was, that was wrong. It was not getting the result that he wanted. Mm. It was also uh, not sending the message that he wanted to. And there was some specific technical stuff that he was doing wrong that wasn't producing the outcome that he wanted to, not to go into too many details. But the bottom line is he did that for like a year before he figured it out or somebody intervened and said, hey, listen, you know, you got you to do this. And, and it was a painful lesson for him because, you know, that's how do you undo all that? That was a year that could have been much more productive, getting much more branding and better branding, better messaging. And, you know, there's a cost to that. So when you are stubborn enough to say, hey, I'm just going to learn on my own, uh, again, you've got to be prepared for the costs and the consequences of that. If there's something that you really want to do and you don't have a conversation about it with someone who's actually done it, it's going to be a very difficult path. And that's something that I've learned through my experiences, you know, of writing a best-selling book, of starting and failing at a business, of starting this podcast and learning how to interview and be interviewed on other podcasts. And so I want to tell you that I had help. I had a lot of help to get to where I am today. And I want to offer that back to you. Everything that I've learned through my experiences, hundreds of hours of personal development and having something in mind and actually going out and doing it. I want to offer that back to you. So if there's something that you really want to do and you think I can help you out with that, reach out to me and book this 30-minute call. It's absolutely free. There's no commitment and I'm not going to sell you anything here. All I'm doing is seeing if there's any way I can add as much value to your life as I can. So if you're interested in that, click that link and let's start talking about your dreams.
That brings my mind to uh, when you read uh, someone's experience and they say, I have five or 10 years, 10 years of experience in this industry. So what you're saying is that it could be possible that they're living the same year over and over again if they're not learning from what they did wrong in the first year. And it's just, they're not, they're getting experience of that same year, but they're not really moving forward or growing, right? Sure, definitely. You know, and, and it's tough. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur and you are building your own business, it's really hard sometimes to know how you're doing because there's, it's not like you're an athlete on a sports team and you got stats. Right. It's not like you're part of a sales team and you've got, you know, your numbers that are posted and you're ranked against other people. It's you. So you sometimes don't know how you're doing. Are you on track? Are you doing the best that you can? Uh, should you be doing better? Should you be editing? You know, we're talking about podcasts before we started, you know, I don't know how many episodes should you have? How many followers should you have? How many downloads should you be getting at any point in time? You know, you and I are kind of talking and comparing a little bit of notes and it gives you a little bit of a benchmark, right? So in, if you live in your own world, in your own silo, you don't have the benefit of that. It's like an athlete running a runner that's running a race by him or herself. Well, they're going to run a certain time, but my guess is if you put other people on that track with them, they're going to run a little faster. Now, if you put high school athletes that aren't uh, in, in, and nothing against high, high school athletes, mm-hmm. high school athletes, you're going to get a different result than Olympic athletes because that Olympic athlete running the track with them is going to really push them. Um, so it really is, it's about who you surround yourself with. Again, if you choose to live in a bubble and live in a silo and, you know, and, and operate that way, you're not going to get the benefit of having the right people around you. And that's the key, the right people around you. Then those right people can help you track your own progress because you're then comparing notes, like you said, as we, as we were earlier. Yeah, absolutely. If I want to get better financially, I need to surround myself with people that are better than me financially. If I want to get better uh, physically fit and more physically fit, I need to surround myself with people that set the right example. If I want to be a better podcaster, I should surround myself with people that are much better than me. If I want to be a great leadership consultant, uh, I need to be immersed myself in a pool of people that are significantly better or further ahead than I am. And that's how I learn. Yeah, John. So um, speaking of, you know, your own personal development, so you've been in this industry for a long time and obviously it's not been a smooth ride. I'm, I'm assuming. So um, what, what was one of your biggest challenges that you had to overcome to be, to be thought of as someone who's a leader in this industry? And then how do you over, overcome that challenge? How did you do it? You know, I, I think one of the biggest challenges is um, you, you're always, um, and, and I'm going to speak for myself, mm. you, you're always kind of trying to, um, you know, I'm not a boastful person and I'm not a, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a walk softly, carry a big stick. And I always have been, let my results talk for myself. Well, sometimes you have to change that a little bit because in order to influence people, they have to understand where you've been and what you've done. So, you know, you read my bio at the beginning and, and that may grab some people's attention if they hear that I've done some certain things that, I accomplished a lot or turned some organizations around or whatnot. So I think as, as a leader, you have to walk that fine balance between being humble, but at the same point, you have to realize you, you have to be uh, open 
and you have to be able to communicate what you've done before. Because I think part of it is people want to follow somebody that's had success and uh, they, they want to know that the leader knows the way and that he or she is going to be able to take them there the fastest way possible, the least amount of bumps in the road. And part of that is letting them know, hey, you know what? I get it. I've been there. I've done it. Here's what I've done. And for me, that was hard at times to do that. Uh, I kind of wanted my results to just bubble up to the surface and let people know that. And sometimes you got to get out there and you got to say, hey, here's what I've done. I want to help you. I'm not sharing that for any other reason other than I'm in a position to help you and I want to help you. I want to help a lot of people, uh, you know, and, um, I, you know, that's, I think, sometimes a challenge for people. That was for me. And then, so what about people who don't have, um, you know, things under their belt yet? Maybe they're just starting off. What, how do you, how do you make, how do you make the others see you as an, as a go-to expert when you're just starting off, but you know, you're good at it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think what you have to do is realize it's all about getting 1% better every single week. If I can get 1% better every single week and do that consistently over time, I'm going to be unbelievably effective. And if I can be, if I'm 1% better than somebody else at something, then I'm in a position to help them. So part of it is, let me get a little bit of success. So if I'm, if I'm an up and coming leader and I'm just getting in leadership, I want to focus on the task in front of me. Maybe it's to lead a team of three people. Well, I want to make sure that I do the best job I can with leading these three people. I'm not going to worry about being the CEO of a company yet. Let me just focus on being the best leader of these three people and help them the best way possible. And then when I do that, I've got something to talk about. And then that will help me then lead five or 10 or 15 people. And then I've got a success I can talk about and that will help me then keep going. It's just one step at a time and just focus on the small little victory. Even if it's one person that you're leading, can I lead this person and I help them do something that they wouldn't have been able to do without my help? And that's really what leadership is. Like that answer, small steps to towards progress. And yeah. so um, I want to bring our attention to the time we're in now. Obviously, COVID is happening and things are closing down. And I'm sure you've seen some challenges in, in leadership and in people leading organizations because it is a difficult time. So how are you tackling like the challenges that are coming up with COVID? Obviously, it's a stressful time for a lot of leaders. How do you, how do you suggest they go about managing their businesses? Uh, it's, it is stressful, no doubt. Um, you know, the, this is such a unique thing because everybody is going through it. So it's not like some people are and some people are not, everybody is going through it and everybody's going through the ripple effect that it's had on everything from the economy to the way we socialize and our lives in general, how we run them. I mean, it's now, you know, most people are adjusting to, it's not working from home. Uh, it's, 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 we're now kind of living in our workplace in a weird way. So it's a big, big adaptation and people are trying to figure out, okay, how do I run my life like this? So to answer your question, I think it really starts with leading yourself. You have to figure out how do you use this as an opportunity? I'll be honest with you. This has been the best year of my entire life by far. I've had more positive changes in my life, dramatic, dramatic life changes, and many of them, if not most of them, would not have come about had COVID not happened. And I don't mean that there's, there's a lot of bad that came from that. Uh, but 
in my life. There's, I've, I've helped to use that to stimulate new career paths and new ideas and new ways of doing things, a new life and uh, a new where I live, everything. And uh, that I think is possible for anybody. It's now a chance to hit a reset button and it's a chance to do things differently, think differently, do business differently, market differently, whatever the case may be. And we have to look at it as that. It's kind of a forced, okay, life has kind of moved us off our path onto a different path. And it's sometimes that forced discomfort that results in amazing growth. Mm -hmm. I like that. And like you said, you've gone through some major changes during this time and I have too. And so I totally resonate with that. And, And it can play out in, if there was no COVID, there's always unexpected challenges that do come up when you're running an organization or a company. So it's, uh, let's say it can be good training for that too, not to. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You have to adapt. And I, you know, I've seen businesses that, um, you know, I was talking to, I had, I had two uh, uh, clients that ran very similar uh, or two, two, one was a client that, and another was not, but they ran very, very similar businesses. And uh, one was telling me that uh, how their business was totally shut down because of COVID. And the other was telling me how great business is because of COVID. Two exact businesses, same business model. One uh, was immobilized and paralyzed by everything that was happening. The other pivoted really fast, changed their model, changed how they did things, how they attracted new clients, how they serviced their existing clients. And their business was thriving. So a lot of it is a perspective. And it's uh, looking at the same situation, totally different, two different people, and two dramatically different outcomes. Mm, that's, a, that's a good story. So you mentioned fear. And then obviously, there's an element of risk in, um, in, organize, in running a business too. So how do you manage fear and risk? Because sometimes, uh, as entrepreneurs know, that you, you, know, you take on the fear and there's success. But what's the line there? Like, if you're fearful of something, you do it, and sometimes you get success. But sometimes you do it, and it's the wrong path. How do you, how do you manage fear and risk in business? Well, I think they're two very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, fear can come from taking a risk, mm-hmm. uh, but but fear can come from doing something you know is right, and it's just you haven't done it before, so it's uncomfortable. Uh, you know, if I am. Uh, if I am going to, and you know, you might even know it's perfectly safe, but if I'm going to go and speak on a stage and I haven't done it before, and I'm being asked to speak on a stage because it's something I've done well and I can help other people. Well, I know going up on that stage is going to help people. Mm. I know it's still going to scare me if I haven't done it before. So that's fear. That's not risk, but that's a fear that results from just growth, uh, stepping outside your comfort zone and doing something you haven't done before. Mm. Risk is different. You know, risk is where there's a consequence if you do it wrong or if it fails, uh, that may be significant. And in which case you've got to analyze that and say, okay, is the potential reward versus the, uh, worth the potential risk? What are the chances? And every situation is a little bit unique, but I think people don't grow because they don't face their fears. I think that more people uh, live with regret because they don't face their fear. I think more people live in depression because they don't face their fear. It's not that people that have these wildly successful lives are not fearful. 
I, I can almost guarantee that it's that they've just overcome certain feels, fears and they know how to manage them. They've gotten through them. So there was a time speaking on a stage scared the, you know, what out of me. I used to have panic attacks literally. And, um, I just got to the point where I did it enough where it doesn't. And not only did it not scare me, I really thrived and I loved it and it became a passion, which it is today, but, uh, it didn't, it wasn't always that way. And, uh, I remember there were times where talking to one person would scare me to death. And, uh, you know, so I think that fear is going to be there for everybody. It's how you deal with it and how you can stretch your comfort zone and then overcome it. I like that. And I can relate that to even starting a podcast, you know, and having people uh, interview you or being interviewed or when you're interviewing someone, there's an element of fear when I started at least, but the more, like you said, the more you do it, the more you're accustomed to it, the more you're growing, and then you can even mm -hmm. thrive on it, like you said. Yeah, I mean, I felt it the same way. I mean, I felt the same way. I, I doing a podcast was like, what? And even though I had spoken on stages across the world, the thousands of people, the thought of doing a podcast and putting it out on social media, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I was, there was a major fear factor and discomfort with that. So it's kind of funny. It's just a different, it's something different. It's something new. Most people have a little fear with anything new that they try to do. Yeah. Well, John, I want to thank you for sharing all your wisdom here and your knowledge. I'm sure uh, people who are listening are going to learn something and uh, maybe do something positive. And so uh, what's uh, before I let you go, what's one place people can find you, reach out to you and mm -hmm. uh, hear more from you? Sure. They can, uh, they can check out my podcast, which is Tomorrow's Leader. So you search podcasts for Tomorrow's Leader with John Lorito. They can go to my website, which is Lorito Group, L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com, uh, or email me at john at loritogroup.com. Awesome. Thank you, John. I'll leave uh, all your links in the show notes. Great. All right, Thank you, Moyne. It was a pleasure being here. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a great conversation, man. Great. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my show so that you don't miss a future episode. Feel free to leave a rating, a comment. If you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is the Grow With Moon podcast. Once again, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day.